I was reading a book about the various uses of 15th century English church porches. Isn't that sad? I wrote that down and I thought, this is really something to admit to a congregation. But I was reading a book about the various uses of 15th century English church porches a few weeks ago when I learned that this architectural feature was used to varying degrees for weddings, burials, Palm Sunday processions, purifications for women after childbirth, which we'll discuss a little bit later. civil judicial matters, and baptisms. If you were seeking baptism in any normal English village in medieval times, you would most likely be baptized from a church porch. And not only that, but if many years down the road there was a question in the village as to the date of your birth, for legal matters or for some other reason, your baptism may very well have served as an identifier of your and others' ages. For example, this book mentions a woman named Joan who six centuries ago needed to prove she was old enough to inherit land following the death of her brother. Witnesses were called to the legal officer's desk to testify as to her age. According to the author, Helen Lunnan, it was commonplace for witness statements to reference baptism dates and the ordinary tactile things that take place on a day of baptism. Regarding Joan's birth, a witness mentioned the following and I'm paraphrasing. She was born at Hellsworth Manor on June 24th, 1413, and baptized in the Church of St. Mary the very same day. William, age 40, attended the baptism and carried salt in a silver salt cellar and a towel. Nicholas, age 36, carried a basin and Ewer with water to the church so that William, the priest who baptized Joan and her godparents, could all ceremonially wash their hands. Thomas, Robert, John, and William, who are between the ages of 40 and 63, stood by the font and held four lit torches while Joan was baptized. A different John, William, and Robert, they didn't have many names back then apparently, (laughs) were standing in the porch of the church and saw Alice, Joan's midwife, carrying Joan into the church for the baptism. And I'll note here that midwives, not mothers, brought babies to be baptized since women at that time were not allowed to access the church until their purification ritual with the priest 40 days later. 2022 is a little different from 1413, is it not? I bring your attention to this one baptism from 609 years ago to remind you of our shared of our shared incarnational 
embodied, sacramental, tactile faith. When a person requests to join St. John's Cathedral or any Episcopal parish for that matter, we don't ask you the date you first accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or the date you first believed in God, or the date your heart changed, or the date when you had a profound conversion experience. Episcopal Christian record-keeping is preoccupied with the outward and visible questions of who baptized you? What day were you baptized? Where were you baptized? Who was there? What did they say when they baptized you? Who held the ewer for the water? Who lit the torches? Who blew out the candle? We are asking for a tangible moment, a snapshot in time when God intervened in your life through the waters of baptism. We are asking for a record of an outward and visible sign of God's inward invisible grace taking hold of your existence. A grace that leaves you soaked in water and covered in oil. We are not asking about something you did for yourself or when you believe the right thing in the right way at the right time. No, we are asking you on a physical level when and where God reached through time and space and showed those around you that you belong to God, that God has a claim on your life. God is, as God was on the day of your baptism, and today as we baptize Philip, Giles, and Nolan in the details. God is in the details. God is at the font, dancing in joy as infants are referred to with their adult names in the same way God would be present dancing in joy as we handle our adult baptism candidates with the tenderness of an infant. God is here as flickering flame on the head of every candle and as the electric charge between us as we cry out in unison, we will when we are asked to support our baptism candidates in their life in Christ. God is here in the oil of chrism, making outward and visible what God has known all along, that you are Christ's own forever. God is in the water poured into glass, gushing to and fro as the ancient stories of death and resurrection are retold and remembered and wash over us with power and urgency. And whether it is Joan being baptized on June 24th, 1413, or you being baptized in 1913, or 2013, or me being baptized in 1998, or the baptisms we will celebrate in just a moment, it is this same God urgently and gingerly swaddling us and whispering into our ears. This is where it begins. Amen.